Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a successful business, I've met directly or indirectly many successful people from entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes someone successful? Do we even know what success is? And the all important question, can we create it for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Welcome to another Sandro Forte podcast with me, Sandro Forte. Today's guest, David Pinchin. David has worked in the finance industry since the 1980s, where he was pioneer in over-the-counter currency options. As co-founder of Tradition Financial Services, they built a business that grew to one of the biggest brokers in the world. The firm then moved into various sectors with a focus on energy and metals. David is also now chairman of Leadership Through Sport and Business, a life-changing charity that gives school leavers from deprived backgrounds a sporting chance of employment through a unique five-part programme, including leadership development delivered by Premiership and Football League clubs, resulting in 12-month accounting or IT apprenticeships with major blue-chip organisations. So it gives me great pleasure today to welcome our guest, David Pynchon. So once again, welcome to our special guest today, David Pynchon. David, welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's go straight into it. We've got half an hour to glean as much fabulous information as we can from you. Um, and you've been super successful in lots of different ways. So we're going to try and share that with, with the listeners today. So you built Tradition into one of the biggest brokers in the world. What, what would you say were the qualities uh, that you have as an individual and what qualities do you think you had to instill in your team in order to achieve such success in that business? Well, first things first, I, I, I happened to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, when markets were just taking off and, and we kind of sat on the nose of a rocket ship and tried not to mess it up. I mean, that's the big thing that I would... That's the most important thing about what happened to me in the in, in the uh, derivatives business that, that I was lucky enough to, to be in. Um, but... Um, there's no doubt that that one needs to to keep one's eye on the ball and 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 uh, I, I think I was lucky enough to have a, a business partner um, who was a terrific broker um, and uh, uh, I am probably my staff I've been gone nine years now by the way uh, my buddies uh, would probably say that people management was my my skill my talent and it's something you're either God or you don't have, and and it appears that I was born with it. And 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 the important thing about b- building a business is to, is to, especially a business where, where the assets walk in and walk out the door and go up in the elevator, etc., um, is to is to encourage people to believe in your plans for the business. And, and uh, because there's always somebody out there offering them, you, you know, the king's ransom to go somewhere else, especially your most successful people. And so I think the most important thing is to is to have them believe that whatever somebody else might offer them the the, uh, the 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 net present value of whatever they might earn and their security in life 
is better spent with you rather than uh, somebody else out there. So whatever that skill is, whatever that talent is, I think my partner and I had it, but that was probably my forte um, rather than his. I'm sure he'd be the first to, ad- to admit it. Um, so do you think, David, that people are born with certain talents and skills? Do you acquire them? Is that Tell us a little bit about your, your background. How, you know, we don't, some people won't know very much about you, but we're going to find out. Tell us about David Pinch and where did you grow up? Background. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an American now, but I'm a Welsh-born American. I grew up in Newport, and and uh, uh, I did actually leave Newport uh, when I went to college in London uh, um, when I was 18. But I guess for good or bad, my formative years were in Newport. I'm a, I'm, you know, I don't speak Newport, uh, <laughs> uh, um, which is probably not a bad thing. Uh, and uh, I'm a rugby fan and. I uh, like all young people. I suppose, suppose when you get your first job, you go and you hit the first bid that's the, the most money, and you kind of move around from there on in. And I, I was in the world of finance because my degree was in the world of finance. I think I can't remember my, my, too back, my, too, too far back. Um, but um, and then I felt that there was a, that I wanted to get into marketing, and then I got into the world of banking and and. Uh, foreign exchange management, currency management, uh, uh, commodity management, w- w- because I happened to get uh, uh, that opportunity. And, and you never know where that's going to lead to. But I, as I said before, I happened to be in the right place at the right time. But uh, I know whether that's enough about me, is it? Uh, um, yeah, you strike me as a very modest and humble man. So we're going to have to work quite hard to extract some information from you. But would you say that it was your, your upbringing? That, you know, did that shape you as a person? Because you have... you clearly have some innate qualities. Did, did, they, did they come from, you know, your background, how you grew up, how my, you were nurtured? It's a good question. My, I, I, I lot to my to, to, to my parents. Uh, my dad in particular was one of eight brothers and, and some sisters too, of course, uh, and he was the only guy not to go and get involved with the mines uh, and go down the pits uh, because he saw his brothers and, and it, it was not a particularly happy uh, situation. And uh, he he went to night school, he did bookkeeping, and then he uh, uh, had a, quite a successful career in, in, in furniture, in a, managing a furniture store in Newport and, and getting involved in car dealerships. And uh, he was quite a man, and there's no doubt about it that he has had a profound influence upon me, keeping me on the straight and narrow and making me uh, eventually uh, obtain a work ethic and, and, and keep my head down and, and, and make sure that uh, uh, I didn't waste opportunities. So surround yourself with good people then? Well, uh, that's, that sounds much more structured planning than it actually is. Um, in, the, in the kind of business that I eventually got into, um, I, I first, firstly, I, I, I started working for, for, for Marine Midland Bank, um, which was then become a Hong Kong bank. And, mm. and uh, there is no doubt that at that stage, treasury management, the world of treasury management, we were consultants, um, was just beginning. Uh, and it, out of that came the fact that we were one of the first uh, institutions to to trade a currency option. It wasn't even called a currency option then, didn't have a name for it. It was a contingent forward. And we just happened to have a customer that I'd met um, that was interested in that because they had a contract and they didn't want to commit to a foreign exchange deal in case they didn't get the contract. And that was a contingent forward foreign exchange deal and that became a currency option. And we then started trading these currency options with people. We had no idea how to price it. We spent many sleepless nights managing the risk. Uh, usually, fortunately, being able to manage it, some of our uh, some of our competitors were less less fortunate, um, but uh, that is how that is how things uh, that is how things started. And as a result of that, one of my customers got 
to, to, to I'd already started thinking of how this might become something a little more important uh, and I was asked to, to chair this this conference uh, in London at the Hilton on currency options because I was regarded as an expert, which is, means you know a little bit more than the next guy. <laughs> and most of the, mostly these com- conferences have 50 people and they're successful. There were 300 plus people. And that's when the penny dropped that there was something going on here that I might be able to take advantage of or benefit from. Um, and uh, it was after that I talked to a good friend of mine, uh, Stuart Humphrey, who, who suggested that I not get involved and stay in the consultancy business, but to make sure that I attach my career to a, to a future of execution um, so that so that I benefited from the transactions rather than consulting fees and then that's when I started looking towards uh, broking and that's when I talked to my buddy Julian Hardin who became my my co, co, co-chief until he left in 2004 um, and um, that's how we got to start the thing. Wow, it's quite a journey then. It was quite a journey, uh, uh, but once again, serendipitous in you know right along the way, um, and um, yes, we 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 would have probably benefited from starting our own business, but I was lucky enough to know somebody, a tradition, and and uh, they were partners right right the way through, mm. and uh, we had our own business, but within the tradition network, and uh, we, as I said, happened to happened to be able to uh, hire some really good people and. Uh, my buddy Julian was a terrific broker, and I was uh, uh, I was involved in the management of things. I was a broker initially, but then yeah. then then uh, started building the business, and and that's what I enjoy doing. I'm really keen to focus on the leadership qualities that you clearly exude, um, because we have so few leaders, real true leaders, in the world today. We've had a few on the show, but I'm really keen because everything you seem to have done, David, um, seems to have been quite successful. So I want to focus a little bit on the leadership qualities uh, today. Um, So part of your role um, in leadership through sport, which we'll talk about in in more detail, Mm -hmm. is giving leadership to underprivileged individuals and turning them into leaders. So what are the most important qualities, would you say, um, from your experience that you need to impart on those individuals to help them to transition to a new place? Well, leadership is, is a very complex subject and, and, and many people have opined about it. And, and thank you for your thank you for your compliments, by the way. I've had my share of disasters like everybody else. Um, and they're probably more interesting than, 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 than the other things. But, uh, but uh, I, I, with these young people that, I, that we now have in our charge, uh, the, the, the first thing to do is to, because these are young people who, who are school leavers, they're not graduates, and they're a kind of niche that we identified that was a kind of wasted resource in the country, and because we're still only in the UK, and Birmingham managed to Liverpool and the UK and, and London, of course. Um, but um, the, the first thing is to, is to you know, you the, my message yesterday to one of our starting cohorts, because we've just taken on another 95 young people is the first thing that you've got to show up and 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 there are better people out there they don't get that message they don't show up so you will you will succeed where they will fail uh, because they don't show up and you have to be punctual and you have to get a lot of sleep because you just came out of school and you didn't actually bother with sleep but now you need to sleep because this is a whole new ball game and uh, you've got to be you've got to work hard of course um, but showing up is the start and, and and once you start your career you have all sorts of opportunities come your way. And quite often, we, we, we don't encourage young people to move from job to job, but uh, I, think it's, uh, I think it's normal for young people to get different experiences until something comes along that you really like and that you, you really enjoy doing, mm. which doesn't happen to everybody. Um, 
And uh, But if you keep your head down and you work hard and you show up, I think there's a pretty good chance, depending on the economic situation and which particular business you're in, that you will get something that you will really enjoy. And I think that might be the start of leadership, that you actually get something that you enjoy. And, and, and it, people, people sitting around you and sitting near you, and by the way, I've not thought about this before until this moment, um, but people near you will, will, will feel your enjoyment and you have, the, you have the opportunity to set an example and lead. Do as I do then. Do as I do mostly, yes, uh, um, and occasionally do as I say. But at the beginning, do as I do, yeah. yeah. So whether it be um, through showing up on time, whether it be um, upholding high standards or just having passion for whatever it is you're doing, that's what you're saying really, isn't Yeah, it? I'm being a bit organised. I mean, when I started at, at uh, Marine Midland Bank, which is my first uh, experience, if you like, with, with uh, the banking world, and, and I'd, be, I'd been an assistant treasurer, uh, um, at a company called Letraset for a couple of years beforehand. Mm. So I knew what a what the currency was and the foreign exchange was. And in those days, you know, gold standard, we just come off the gold standard, so it was a long time ago. Um, but the, 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 it seemed to me that we needed customers and, and we needed to go out and meet them. And, and we had a, an interesting product at an interesting time. But we, in order to, to succeed, we had to organize ourselves and we had to organize our customers into various categories of people who... The, the people that we'd had to go out and see for the first time, and then after we've got to set, got a customer base together, the ones that were the real ones that were the hot prospects, and then the ones that came behind, the ones became all very logical stuff. And I seem to be the one that would organise that. And goodness knows it's pretty simple in retrospect, but that enabled us to to proceed. And 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 uh, that's how I started, if you like, becoming a, a, a manager, and as you call it some sort of a leader yeah so taking one step back and just talking about the charity again um just going to share some statistics because they are pretty impressive so i'm right in thinking i hope that the charity took on 22 youngsters in each of its first two years is now hoping to recruit at least 40 but you've just mentioned that number could well be higher um and 85 percent of those who completed their apprenticeships in year one were offered full-time employment at the organization they interned with is, is that right that's right but that's seven years ago now so those are the kind of statistics that i've uh, i've kind of forgotten but we the way we went was we t- we had we had 15 plus another group uh, uh, in liverpool that we we, we had a, another pilot project there but Basically, in the kind of thing we do now, which is finance, we had 15, then 20, then 35, then 60, then 80, then 100, and now another 100 we've just taken on Goodness. last week. So we've already touched the lives, and we already transformed the lives of 350 kids, young people, um, and we've just taken on another 95. Uh, but but the, you, you see charities talk about thousands of this and thousands of that. We... we, we, we this is a long-term, full-on, full-time project, and we, 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 this takes nearly two years. So we have these young people under our care and under the care of our partners for nearly two years, and we transform their lives, um, um, <laughs> sometimes whether they like it or not, and most of them like it. Uh, this is, it's inevitable that once we have, together with our partners, uh, these young people under our care, for these, they, their lives changed. And um, and for the better. So, how do you achieve such extraordinary success? I mean, we don't have enough time to go through every part of the curriculum, but how do you, in in, in the briefest possible way, David, would you say that you transform these people's lives? Because clearly, the, the the numbers speak for themselves. Well, firstly, firstly, we take them through a four month uh, boot camp, whereby we and 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 my CEO Caroline Adair and her team 
um, together with some very distinguished partners like Goldman Sachs, like Barclays, like Chicago Merck, and of course, the, crucially, the football clubs, because we work with Liverpool, Manchester City, Villa, uh, Chelsea, West Ham, and Tottenham Hotspur, um, and and each of these foundations um, have a key role to play in the early stages of this boot camp, whereby we transform sleepy school leavers into young people that are ready to hit the ground working for uh, some of our our uh, key employers like Macquarie, mm. like Ernst & Young and RSM and Grant Thornton, people like that. And also not just uh, banks and people in the finance world, but Colgate and, and, and Carpetright and Rolls-Royce and people like that. I mentioned a few. We have over 70 uh, employers for our young people. So, But they come later, uh, um, the employers, although many of them take young people every year, so they're ready. Uh, but we, in that first four months, um, make these young people uh, business ready to hit the ground running, as I said. So is it a question of teaching them hard skills or is it about a change in their attitude? Is it a combination of both? What do you see as the biggest change in these young people when you work with them from sort of beginning to end? Uh, well, from beginning to end, I mean, they, 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 they follow up the boot camp with an 18-month uh, uh, apprenticeship with the companies I mentioned and others. Uh, um, so at that stage, they become... Even if even if they don't stay on with the company because the company doesn't have room for them, um, they they have learned how to work and they know what 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 a career is about. We don't get these young people jobs; we get them careers. Um, but but during that first crucial period of time where we spend a lot of time and effort uh, with these young people and they also learn because we're focusing on finance at the moment they do an AAT level two which gives them a basic in accounting um, so but the, but but the, the rest of the time the the key things that we do is is to is to let them understand what a what a work ethic is about how to organize themselves the clubs play football clubs play a big part in that uh, we we obviously teach them how to do to complete their resumes how to interview how to make sure that they start off with punctuality and organization in their mind and they actually prepare for the interviews that are to come. Uh, um, the most important thing for these young people who are then when they get in front of these companies and are then treated like anybody else is that they research these companies before they... So so an interview is like an examination and we teach them that and that, that critical skill. Uh, but uh, it's all about molding them, as I said, from 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 sleepy young school leavers into into a whole new world, which is not always as you can remember too, not always the most attractive thing when you get your first job. Um, but that's all part and parcel of what we do with our partners. Then, what are the biggest challenges you face as a charity, David? Well, we we, we need a number of things uh, to 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 make to to, to run this charity and uh, we need to find the young people and we're getting better at that I think uh, we get a lot of young people most years to so we're greatly oversubscribed um, so we need to find the young people uh, and that's another whole discussion in itself um, we need to develop relationships to the football clubs uh, we need to obtain we need to get education providers organized whether they be colleges or, or, or education providers that are a uh, professional in a, in a different way um, we need to crucially find the employers on an ongoing basis we can never have too many employers because there's a whole raft of young people out there and, and we are limited somewhat the reason we're in Birmingham Manchester Liverpool and London is that that's where those conurbations are where a lot of employers uh, uh, exist and, and we need to make sure before we do anything else that we can get these young people interviews um, we don't guarantee jobs or careers we, we guarantee interviews so mm. at that stage of course the, the, the young people are somewhat on their own, although we prepare them heavily. Um, 
So uh, in addition, of course, we need funding, uh, and and uh, um, I, I am still the major funder of the of the charity. Seven years in, a whole new meaning to seed capital. Um, <laughs> but I've got a lot of other funders that that are there with me, and but we can never have too many funds either because those kids are out there, and the more funds and employers we have, the more young people we can whose lives we can transform. Wow, that's very impressive. Uh, all credit to you. Um, I'm going to touch on a word that you mentioned a little bit earlier in this discussion. And the word was, I've, I think I'm paraphrasing now, I have had my fair share of disasters oh. and they would be more interesting. I'm not sure if that's true, but just tell us, because a lot of people, when they see and hear from successful people, David, often think, well, you know, born with a silver spoon in the mouth, was in the right place at the right time, to use your words from earlier. And so sometimes they find it difficult to understand how they can achieve success. Is it true to say, touching on what you said earlier, that you have had your fair share of challenges? And if so, how do you overcome them? Well, I think you have to have partners in life that will drag you through the rough years. And, and, uh, and I've been lucky enough to have that. And uh, I, I think you have to tell yourself, uh, you have to stay calm and try to stay calm anyway and learn from these Disasters, and what is it? Kipling said, "You know, treat them, treat the triumphs and, dis- and disasters just the same." Um, but you, you, but actually, it's not the the, the disasters you you learn more from. Uh, in in my second job, I, I worked for a guy that that uh, was a very uh, flamboyant fellow, and uh, uh, but he overtraded and 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 he went he went bankrupt, and uh, then he became ill, and, and and I was left holding the the, the bag a little bit in terms of. The people that were circling around him—I think I was 25 at the time—I didn't know anything, and um, I learned a few lessons then about what to do and what not to do, and that was probably one of the most valuable things that's happened to me. And during in the world of finance, you get all sorts of disasters that befall you, and I, I think you you learn from them, and you, and I think it helps you be, be a manager, staying calm. Uh, I, I get—I'm—I'm—I I'm, I'm, uh, can be a grumpy old devil and and most of the things that bother me seem to be the small things in life but I think if you've had a sufficiently varied career and you've come through those tricky periods it enables you to deal with the with the big things that nothing's ever bad as it seems or as good as it seems it's a really really good truism Uh, and you just have to stay cool and and think things through and uh, so yeah, um, I don't know whether that answers your question. It does, it does. So um, on the same subject, challenges, young kids, young people today, what do you think are the biggest challenges that they face? Because clearly you do, you know, you probably know them better than most. What what are the challenges that face? Because the world's changed a lot, hasn't it? I mean, we're of, we're of an era, aren't we, that uh, knew a completely different world to the one we see today. So what are the biggest challenges that face young people today, do you think? Well, you ask the kids this and they'll come up with Brexit, uh, of course, which is absolutely not true. Uh, um, but it's a good thing to say and it gives you an answer. But uh, I think that uh, t- technology is the is probably the biggest thing that these young people need to master. And, of course, as you will know with your family, that, that, uh, um, that young people master technology much better than we do. And, and uh, But uh, writing code and, 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 and beca- becoming... technologically literate is of critical importance and uh, I don't think it's easy even though these young people of course of today are are much better than us Mm. but the world is changing and tech is becoming much more advanced and staying with uh, that change and that transformation is of critical importance to these young people. What do you hope will be the the, the future for leadership in sport? 
Well, that's a, that's a really good question. <clears throat> um, and um, I, I would say this, that the, first of all, I need to, I need to fund uh, the, the program in the UK uh, and uh, probably expand further uh, either to places uh, south of London or, or, or into Wales or, or further north um, where I can find a catchment area of businesses that will be willing to take on these young people. Uh, and if they look at the case studies of the people that have been with us so far, they will want to, but they have to exist, first of all. Um, so that's that. And then I think probably the U.S. beckons. Um, I live mostly in, in the U.S. and uh, I live entirely in the U.S. and visit here um, quite often. Um, but uh, the, the relationships that football clubs have with uh, the NFL and, and the way they're expanding into the U.S. and the, the, the extraordinary interest uh, in the Premier League and, and European football uh, in the U.S. is a, it, it becomes an, it'd be a natural thing. And um, there's no doubt that the young people that need, need this kind of opportunity uh, exist, they exist there too. Mm. Um, where do we find out a little bit more about David Pinch and all the great things that you're doing? Because people will want to know. About me? Yeah. I think this is about it, isn't it? I know we, that we, Everybody knows all, that, all they need to know about me now. I know that surprises you, but uh, yeah. But where, where do we know, where do we find out more about you? Websites? Goodness, yes, of course. Uh, you, you, can, you, you can Google me and, and I, I, I don't know what's on there these days, but you'll see about about the currency options and you'll see about the, the, the inter-dealer broker and you'll and hopefully you'll you'll look at the Leadership Through Sport and Business website and you'll be excited by it and you'll talk to your friends and you'll maybe come up with uh, uh, some people who might want to employ our kids and maybe you'll want to contribute financially or you'll find somebody that wants to contribute financially. That's what I like. Um, um, whether you'll find out any more about me, I don't think there's much more about me Well, that find. was actually the specific reason for the question is that there, there are going to be some potential employers out there and some people that will want to participate in what you're doing financially to help you because there are a lot of great charitable givers out there so that was the reason for the for the question yeah if i might say so i mean what 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 we do is tick a lot of boxes for companies these days um uh, day before yesterday we won an award uh, the lord mayor's dragon awards with macquarie macquarie um, are a fantastic company that help us a great deal um and they won the award for the accelerate award accelerator award for uh, young people and, and moving young people's careers and, and and lives on and accelerating them mm. which is a, a a term that is often used and uh, and they they're they are tremendously supportive of us and there are lots of organizations out there could could benefit from the, from the, the the great news that Macquarie's just had. Um, so yes, we, we'd very much like to to uh, to talk to more companies that that would like to have their boxes ticked for CSR, HR, diversity, gender equality, uh, um, um, young people that need um, that don't have social capital. That that's what we do, and I think it's a fantastic CSR opportunity for companies out there. Mm, good. Um, so one question. Uh, that we always throw at all of our guests, and it's common to all of those that join us on the show, is... Thanks, Dave- for, the, thanks for the warning, by the way. Oh, that's, no, we, we, we've got to ask you this cold, otherwise it's, uh, it's not in the least bit spontaneous. So the question is, uh, David Pynchon is now having a conversation with a 15-year-old version of himself, but you've now got a lifetime of experience, but the 15-year-old doesn't. So you've got David Pynchon on your knee, and you're giving your son, David, some advice based on all the great things that you've learned in your life and your career, David, what advice would you be giving to the 15-year-old version of David Pynchon? Good Lord. Um, where, where is he at the time when I'm... What has he well, done? Well, he's is, just starting out in life. He's, he's just starting he's out in life. trying to work out, you know, how do, how do I make a career for myself? How do I make, uh, how do I make a life for myself? Um, 
dad, give me some great tips on how I can be a success in life, whatever success might look or feel like. Um, just give me a few pointers, if you would, or just one great idea or an epiphany or something of that order. Well, I think it's like a business. You have to, you have to spread your risk and you, 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 you don't specialise until uh, you found something that you love to do and you found the real thing that's going to change your life into something better. So I would urge uh, the young man to probably play less cards and drink less beer and, and uh, at an early stage and do more sport. And in my case, play rugby. We didn't play rugby till I was 18. Are you giving us an insight I'm into your giving background? It, I'm giving it to my own. Absolutely, I am. Uh, and I had a lot of fun. But uh, uh, play sport, uh, play rugby in my case, which is my, which is my love. Uh, um, play rugby earlier, get fitter earlier. Uh, and uh, and don't burn the candle at both ends too much and make sure that you go and do something that gives you lots of opportunities so that I wouldn't specialize in a unless I unless my 15 year old self suddenly became interested in something that I wasn't uh, then I would keep a, a broad educational experience and 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 probably try to have as many uh, different looks at jobs uh, um, during my 20s before I actually settled into something. So I think you've got to get, you, you, you probably, it's good to get more knowledge, more experience and more, better spread, uh, but physical fitness and sport are crucial and, and I could have done better at that, there's no doubt. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Very good answer. Um, so one final question, just because we've touched on this a couple of times, and that is, um, what is, what is success for you? Because, you know, in business, David, you've achieved significant success. There's not many people who attest to the the fact they've built one of the world's biggest businesses in its environment. Um, But you've also done something at the other end of the spectrum, which is that great charitable work that you're doing to help other people. Is success measured in financial terms or is it something else? I have to say that I think you're, and it's very kind of you, by the way, to to, to put me in that category. Uh, and I have to say that in the business I was in, it, it it was much easier than most of the businesses out there where people are successful. You have to know that. Uh, um, but I, I think it's I think it's it's a very difficult thing to define. But I would say that if you've had the good luck to have had a win in your career and you've done something right and it's been acknowledged. Um, that that gives you confidence that the other guy who just purely by happenstance may not have had that win doesn't have. And I think then that gives you the confidence to think that you could go on and win again. And I think that success results from that initial that initial win, and then 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 you can take it to the next level and 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 hopefully win again. And you're not going to win all the time, but that 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 defines it that having had that initial success gives you the confidence to 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 succeed again contentment is um contentment is for the birds uh, i think you have to keep running keep working keep doing things that interest you and uh, that will probably result in more success than the alternative mm. well Time is up, unfortunately. I'd love to carry on talking. Um, I wish you continued success with the with the great work that you're doing to help so many disadvantaged young people. So those people that are listening, I'm sure, will already be con- trying to contact you to, to give you a helping hand. So lots of success with that. Thank you for being a great guest today, and hopefully we'll see you again in the future. Thank you, Sandro. 
Well, what a terrific guest David Pynchon was today. Thanks for listening to the Sandro Forte podcast. There will be another great guest joining us next week, so don't forget to join us. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Sandro's Podcast. That's the same on all channels. Please remember to share your thoughts, ideas, experiences, suggestions. And of course, you can email me, hello at sandrospodcast.com. Please leave a review for us on iTunes. We're keen to know what you'd like more or less of in the future. And if you've really enjoyed listening to one particular guest, let us know and we'll see if we can get them back. So until next time, thanks for listening.